You are listening to a broadcast of Dublin First Baptist Church, Pastor Cameron McGill in Dublin, North Carolina. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist Church and the Lake Church to hear from God's Word. As I was praying about um, what what exactly I wanted to speak on and, and what, what I wanted, you know, what God wanted me to, to speak on, I, I began thinking about recharge and I began thinking about the what we've been doing on Wednesday nights. I began, began thinking that that in order to recharge something, you have to have electricity. And then the first thing that comes to my mind in, uh, with electricity is an electric fence. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. I've been shocked by too many of them for it not to. Um, but whenever I begin thinking about this electric fence, and I begin thinking um, also about, I was helping Josie study one day, and she was talking about some kind of that physics junk that I ain't never heard of before. And they, they, they were talking about insulators and conductors. And, and I knew what that was from being on the farm, not from physics. Uh, I, so I, I thought about, well, insulator and a conductor, what do they do? Well, as we all know, for an electric fence to be able to work, you have to have, first of all, a supply of electricity. And then next, you have to have a conductor and you have to have an insulator. Because without the insulator, then, then the conductor is just going to ground out and just hit the ground and it's just not going to do any good because it's, it's not, it's not going to hold your animals in the pen or, or whatever you have, whatever you have elect, electricity around. It's not going to hold that inside because it ain't going to do any good because it's going to be grounded out. And then I got to thinking about, well, okay, so I want to talk about this and I feel like this is what God wants me to talk about, but how in the world am I going to apply this? to our Christian lives. How in the world is this going to work? So I prayed about it, and I got to thinking about the Holy Spirit. I got thinking about the Holy Spirit inside of us. And, and, and it, to use this analogy, the Holy Spirit is our supply of our energy, the, of, of our, our spiritual life, because the Holy Spirit indwells inside of us and, and whenever we accept Christ. And so from that point on, I was like, okay, it's the Holy Spirit. But we're going to read... Romans chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. And we're going to read some more scripture too. But, but this is really what this is based on. Romans chapter 8, verses 10 and 11 says, If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Whenever I read this, I knew that this was perfect to go along with, with this sermon. And I knew that this was perfect to go along with my analogy because whenever we get the Holy Spirit inside of us, what happens? What is supposed to happen? Whenever we accept Christ, what's supposed to happen whenever He is inside of our life? You've been changed. That's exactly right. You, you do change. And then what begins to happen about people around you? They should be able to do what? They should be able to see it. They should be able to see the Holy Spirit inside of your life shining out around you. And so because that's part of our goal as, as, being, um, 
as being witnesses, as being evangelists for Christ. That's part of our goal for others to be able to see Jesus in us, even whenever we don't have the opportunity to speak with them. I mean, just passing by, people should notice something different about you. So, as I said, the Holy Spirit's our supply. And what are some things that the Holy Spirit do? We're going to go over four things that I read in one of my books from college, from um, Moody um, Theological Handbook, and that's a really long name, but it has some good stuff in it. But um, four things that the Holy Spirit does. Now, He does so many other things, but I, I just picked four to kind of go along with this. The Holy Spirit teaches us is the first one. The Holy Spirit teaches us. Whenever I think about teaching, a lot of times I go back to school. And whenever I think about school, it ain't no fun. Because right now I'm in the summertime and um, I only have online classes, which is great for me because I don't have to drive all the way to Fayetteville. But whenever I'm in school, boy, that's a drive. I don't like it. But John chapter 14 and verse 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. So this is Jesus talking to the disciples. This is Jesus telling the disciples, of course, this is before Acts 2, before Jesus died and all that. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring you and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. So what the Holy Spirit does is acts exactly like a good teacher does. My aunt is a teacher, and she will tell you that she hates teaching sometimes because she has to go by all of these rules and all of these guidelines that the North Carolina, that they all have to do to all that kind of stuff, okay, that North Carolina puts in place. And she said it's kind of ridiculous. But what she does is, is she has to teach that because in order to keep her job, she really wants to make, let them do good on their EOGs. They're in the great test. She really wants them to do good on that. So it's a good reflection on her even though that's not really what she wants to teach. But I think about the Holy Spirit really, really connecting because, you know, the Trinity and God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I think about the Holy Spirit teaching the things that Jesus already taught, the things that Jesus laid down, the things that Jesus showed we were supposed to do after He died. The Holy Spirit is an extra teacher for us, for us to be able to understand the Bible. Because the, the Bible clearly says that if we don't have Jesus with us, if we're not one with God, there's no way to understand this. Because this, this Scripture is holy. It's living and it's holy. And the only way to understand this, to truly understand this, is to have Jesus within you. So while we're reading, reading the Bible, and, and I find it kind of interesting sometimes, because I can read a Bible verse one day and go back the next day, read the same verse or the same passage, and I get two completely different things from it. And I feel that that's because, and I know that's because, the Holy Spirit is, is, is leading that teaching. And, and it may be different from day to day because it's called the living word and we understand that it is alive. And we understand that the Holy Spirit, whenever He's within us, that He is going to continue to teach us time and time again different things about what God wants us to know. So the Holy Spirit... Number one is there to teach us and to remind us of the things that Jesus taught and the things that Jesus did. And number two, the Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit guides us. And in John chapter 16, just a couple pages over, John chapter 16 and verse 13, the Bible says, But when He, 
the Spirit of truth comes. Once again, this is Jesus speaking about the future of whenever the Holy Spirit comes. He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears. He will speak, and He will disclose to you what is to come. So the Holy Spirit guides us. Now, in order to understand what it means for the Holy Spirit to guide us, we need to understand exactly what the word guide means. The idea is that the Holy Spirit is going to guide us through unfamiliar territory because every day that comes, we may think we know what's coming, but it's going to be a different day every day. It's going to be a day that we've never lived before. It's going to be things that have never happened before because it's a different day. And, I, and I, whenever I think about a guide, I, most of y'all know I, I like to hunt a lot. I'm a big hunter, okay? And whenever I think, one of my dreams is to go out west and go hunting somewhere out there. But whenever you go on some of these hunting trips or, or, or fishing trips or any kind of things that, or maybe, maybe to the Holy Lands, whenever you go places like that, you have a guide to, to carry you around because you're completely unfamiliar with the area. If I went out to Colorado to go elk hunting or something, if I went out there, I would have no clue where to go to find what I was looking for because all that territory will be, would be completely unfamiliar to me. So in order to, to, to be able to go out and do what I want to do, then I need to have a guide, somebody that already knows the territory. Somebody that already has it laid out side by side by side, knows where everything's at so that I can, so that I can be led to what I'm, my, my initial, I mean my final goal is, which in that sense would be to harvest an elk. But in, in the Holy Spirit sense, that's the same thing He does. Every day, every step we take, every second that passes by is a different time than it was before. Um, no day is ever the same. No second's ever the same because all over the world something's happening that's different. The weather changes, the temperature changes, the wind starts to blow. Nothing's ever the exact same. So, with the Holy Spirit guiding us, it is our job, it's our task to be able to follow that guide. You have this guide stepping in front of you and walking you and saying, you need to follow me so that, so that I can lead you to where you need to go because we have the Holy Spirit with us. We want to have that, that, that contact with the Holy Spirit and we have to have willingness to trust Him to guide us. And now our willingness to, to trust Him depends on how deep we go, how far we go with our spiritual life. Because once we accept Jesus, once again we have Him, and then that's the building of our spiritual life. That's the building of our spirituality. That's the building of our spirituality. So the Holy Spirit teaches us and the Holy Spirit guides us, but the Holy Spirit also intercedes for us. The interceding of the Holy Spirit is something that, that blows my mind in, in, into a million different pieces. And why, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure why. But Romans 8, 26, we're, all, we're back at Romans 8. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, In the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches the hearts 
knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Verse 26 tells us that we don't know how to pray. And I'm going to tell you why we don't know how to pray. It's because we are just lowly beings of this high, awesome, mighty, powerful God. Our prayers to Him are heard, but the Holy Spirit has to intercede for, for us because we don't pray right. We don't pray like we should. So the Holy Spirit is there to intercede with the words and with, with groanings, as the Bible says, with groanings so deep and so complex that we cannot understand it. It's completely unfathomable to us because our human brains are like this compared to God. I mean, no, teeny, teeny. So, with, with the Holy Spirit interceding for us, that means that we can directly pray to God and that God can hear. Because in, in the next verse it says, verse 28, And we know that God calls us all things to work together for good of those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. So verse 28 reminds us, that all things are in God's hands. When we pray and the Holy Spirit intercedes for us on our behalf, talks to us, and the definition of intercedes, I looked it up, and it was like, there was some different words, but one word that really got to me was bargain, or, or um, what was the other word? I don't remember the other word, so I'm not even going to think about it. Bargain, that was one of them, or, I don't know. But, he goes to God and he says, he, he tells them exactly what we, we ask. And, and, and God, but this verse reminds us, verse 28 reminds us that all things are in God's hands. And though we ask, we might not what? Receive. Though we ask, we might not receive because what we think would be good may not be what God knows is good. And sometimes... Sometimes we get mad about that, don't we? I mean, let's be honest. Let's really be honest. Sometimes we do get a little upset whenever things don't go our way because we're humans. I know I do. I know I do. A lot of times, if I don't get my way, I get upset. And that's just because of our human nature. That's just because of our human nature. And whenever we ask, whenever we ask God something and He doesn't give it to us, maybe you have a maybe we have a, a sick relative. And or or maybe maybe we've lost our job, or maybe we we go through something bad, some some health issue or something, and we ask God for for something that we desire, but God sees something deeper. God sees something greater. And so verse 28 reminds us that, he, that God will cause all things to work together for good. But who's the one that defined good? Who's the one that defined good? God is, right? Because whenever He made the earth, He made it perfect, right? So good means perfect, and nothing we come up with is perfect. Everything we come up with can fail. Because we're humans. So it reminds us 
He reminds us that we need to keep our mind focused on what God wants a little less than what we want. And fourth of all, the Holy Spirit convicts us. The Holy Spirit convicts us. Now this is a big one. This is a big one for me. This is probably the one that hit me the hardest. The Holy Spirit convicts us. Just like, and we're going back to the electric fence analogy, just like there are many different things that can happen to an electric fence that can cause it not to function, right? A limb can fall on it and ground it out. An insulator could break and ground it out. It could touch something like another fence piece or something and ground it out. And then it's completely, completely pointless. The, 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 the use of that electric fence is no longer any good because it's not going to keep anything inside the pen. Correct? And that's the same way with our sins. If we want the Holy Spirit to show from us, if we want Jesus to shine from around us, if we want the Holy Spirit's flow through us, if we want to be a conductor of the Holy Spirit, then that means that we have to constantly attempt to remove all of the things that's grounding us out. All of the sins in our life that, that's, that's holding us back from really showing our full potential. Because once again, if something's in between the Holy Spirit and you, if something's in between that to ground your your to ground that electricity out, if you want to call it, let's call it that, to ground that out, if something's in between your relationship with the Holy Spirit and with God, if something's in between that, then it serves no good purpose. Yes, we'll still go to heaven, but give me my picture. I got some pigs. I like pigs. All right, okay. I like pigs. There they are. They some little baby piggies. All right, this is just uh, about nine of the twenty. Okay, all right, got two sows and they had some pigs and they 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 little cute things right now. They're little cute things right now. But in about a month, I can guarantee you, if something grounds that pen out and they don't figure out what that electricity is, they'll be out. I've chased so many hogs since I've had them. It ain't no fun. I mean, I've chased them. I'm going to tell you something. Last year, i got to tell you a pretty funny story. Last year, you should have seen, no, two years ago. Two years ago, you should have seen my little brother. I got into raising hogs in my FFA project. But um, you should have seen my little brother. My dad had always raised hogs. But we had a boar, and he weighed, a male hog. He weighed about 750 pounds, and he got out the pen. And I'm going to tell you something. Shaking the feed didn't do any good because he was in the cornfield. All right. Now, let me tell you something. We ran, and I know a lot of you don't know where I live, but I live way back off the highway. Not way back, but I live far enough back that you can do a lot of stuff in the field that's in front of my house. Well, that hog did a lot of stuff that's in the field in front of my house. And he took off running towards the highway, and I'm going to tell you something. I was so mad because I knew, I knew that I had told my brother to check the electric fence to make sure it was on, and guess what? There was a big old limb on it. But anyways, we ran that hog, we chased that thing, 
We chased him and chased him and chased him, and finally we had to get the four-wheeler and run him back to the pen. But that was funny. I mean, just picture that in your mind, me running around in the field. It was pretty bad. But anyways, tearing up the corn. But anyways, if he would have checked that fence, and that fence would not have had something grounding it out, that hog wouldn't have got out. It never got out before. It's the same way with our spiritual life, y'all. Okay, you can turn my piggies. They're cute. I like them. But anyways, they're pretty. Anybody want one? All right, they'll be for sale. Um, But anyways, it's the same way with our spiritual life. It's the same way. We can let that sin show. We can let the Holy Spirit show. That's our choice. It's our choice to go and and pick off those things that are going to keep the sin from from showing from our life. And yes, we're still going to mess up. We're always going to mess up. No, but we're not going to be perfect. It's not going to work. No matter how much you try. But, but that should be our, our goal, to attempt to be perfect, because our goal is to continue to try to be more and more like Christ every single day. But we have to remember that we have the Holy Spirit in us. When you become a Christian, whenever you accept Jesus, your body becomes a what of the Holy Spirit? A temple, right? That means a dwelling place. It becomes somewhere where the Holy Spirit is within you. And it's our job to let that shine. It's our job to let everybody that sees us knows that there's something different. There's something a little bit different. Something a little bit different. So, tonight, and I know this is a little short, but it's hot. Anyways. Tonight, I want to ask you something. I want you to be honest with yourself. Because I was honest with myself whenever I was doing this. And a lot of times, I'm an insulator, okay? We can't see no insulators on here, can we? Yeah, we can. We can see some little white insulators. I'll be honest with myself. I want you to be honest with yourself. Are you an insulator? Are you just there to keep the fence up? Because the electricity's touching the, the insulator, it's just not doing anything with it. That wire is what's going to get you. But that insulator, that insulator's there. It's got the electricity, it's just not letting it through. It's just not letting it through. So, are you going to be an insulator or a conductor? And I was honest with myself. I really was. I want you to be honest with yourself too. I really want you to think about that. Are you really, truly doing all that you can to walk around your fence, per se? To walk around your fence and pull all the limbs off. Pull all the sin from your life that you can. Attempt and try your hardest to turn your back from sin. Are you going to do that? It's hard work. It's hard work. And my grandpa says he's got cows and he's got a big old fence. Walking around that fence every week ain't no fun. That's hard work. When a hurricane comes through, tears your whole fence down, that really ain't no fun. It's hard work. 
just like it's hard work to keep the sin from our life. Because I'm going to tell you something. And I don't think it's any secret. I'm pretty sure all of you know it. The devil's after you. He is. He's after all of us. When he's a, whenever he sees a spot he can slip into, he's going to do it. He's going to do it just as fast, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, no matter how pretty you are, how ugly you are. He don't care. He don't care. He's going to do it. So my question tonight is, are you going to let him? Are you going to stop that flow? Are you going to stop the Holy Spirit from showing? Or are you going to let him shine? Let him shine, let him shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Brother Tommy, you want to come sing that with me? Huh? Nah, I ain't going to sing it. I was just asking if he wanted to sing it. He don't want to sing it. Oh, I was in a singing mood. Are y'all in a singing mood? Let's do it. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.